Hello, we are not available now. Please leave your name and phone number after the beep. We will return your call. Hey, huge fan. Been following for a while. Just have a quick question. By any chance, are you former Ravens Super Bowl MVP Joe Flacco? For the 55th time, I am not Joe Flacco. This is not Joe Flacco, the podcast. How's everybody doing? Hope you're well. We had some football today, and God, I couldn't be happier. Doug and I talk about it. Feels normal-ish. Didn't have preseason, didn't have the Hall of Fame game, but something about Al Michaels, Collinsworth, here's a guy, just feels normal. Uh, Also feeling normal, uh, Patrick Mahomes is really fucking good at football. Um, Also feeling normal, uh, the Texans not being as good as the Chiefs at football. Um, Things that, as I I, I put the meme out, like Texans fans, you got to be happy. They didn't trade Deshaun Watson. Brandon Cooks didn't get hurt. David Johnson didn't get hurt. You get to play next week. You didn't have that luxury last time you played the Chiefs. Your season was over, so at least, you know, it's not like winner go, you know, winner go home like it was last time. So you got that going for you. So all in all, glad football's back. Absolutely delighted, I think is the word I'm looking for. Delighted that football is back. And good to be back on the podcast. Third episode this week. We have another one coming Sunday night that you guys will probably get a chance to listen to Monday morning. So uh, pumped to have Doug on here with me. And uh, we cover the Chiefs, the Texans, the Chiefs-Texans game. And then we go through each of our picks in the Pigskin Pick'em League that uh, pigs can pick them contest that we started. Um, the group is closed right now, but we will open it back up on Tuesday. Once the Monday night games are over, I'll open it back up, send everything out and be like, Hey, come join us. Come hang out. I'll come up with some kind of prize to, to give out to the winner every week. And that's that. So as always subscribe, rate, review, Leave your thoughts. Would love to hear them. The podcast is back, baby. We just passed 20,000 plays, which is like kind of mind blowing to me, but also, um, you know, it's not, it's not where we want to end up. I'm going to grow this sucker. So, first goal is to get this over a thousand listens. Get one episode, get one episode over a thousand plays, and then uh, and then we'll 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 go from there. So, anyways, appreciate you guys listening. Again, rate, review, subscribe, and uh, I hope you enjoy. After the goat, Chiefs, Texans, and our picks for Week One of the first good thing to happen in 2020 is the football season starting. So we are back. We have football. Doug, how's it feel? Oh, oh man. Man, you, you don't even think about it because there was no preseason games. Usually those kind of set you up, but we just jumped right into this season and uh, felt good to see uh, 
see some real football. And you're you're from Canton, so not having the Hall of Fame game this year is, is an adjustment, I'm sure. Hall of Fame City, one of the many beautiful things about Canton, Ohio. Uh, name, name the other ones. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's all we got. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no no preseason, just jumping right into it. You're like, oh shit, football's here. All right, so. So, yeah, it was definitely good to watch uh, Kansas City Chiefs take on the Houston Texans. Yeah. Um, the, but, yeah, uh, thank God football's back. It's uh, a return to a, some normalcy, even though Randy Reed looked like he was fogging up a subway sneeze guard the entire time. Right, yeah, he just nose against the glass looking at all that ham. <laughs> yeah. It's like, do I get the ham or the prosciutto? Hey, um, whatever motivates you. He's a champion. Yeah, can't take it away from him. He gets to wear whatever fucking face guard he wants. Good for him. Uh, the Chiefs are terrifying. Yeah, yeah. So Kansas City Chiefs with 34 to 20 was the final score and didn't even look like they were really trying. It didn't feel that close at all. Yeah, it looked like they were just kind of, okay, we're going to do this right now, and there's nothing you can do about it. Um, I guess the scariest thing about the whole game for me was how comfortable and how natural he, uh, the rookie running back looks in that Chiefs offense, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Yeah, it's gross. Yeah, he looked like a veteran. He looked like he's been in that offense for a few years. He's... He's a perfect fit, and when you have a great football team and you get a rookie that's a perfect fit, it's uh, it can be special. Yeah, I, uh, I'm sure I'm not the first one to say this, but I mean the Brian West, like if, he's Brian Westbrook, right? Yeah, there's so there's been so many great little scatbacks. Uh, me and a couple of the guys, we got a group chat going. We were talking. We were throwing all sorts of names out there. He's got Barry Sanders elements. Uh, I said, I said, work done. Um, my buddy also, uh, who else? He threw out a really good comparison as well. I can't remember. It's not coming to me, but, but yeah, those great running, undersized running backs that can put their shoulder pads down and get five yards because that no one can see them in between the tackles. He's got all of that, and he's gonna catch. I mean, dude, that guy's gonna catch what 50, 60 balls this year probably. Yeah, I'm like, it's just fucking, it's gross. Yeah, it's just he was, gross. He is a perfect fit for that offense and that system and everything they want to do. <clears throat> and and the, I mean, that team is why I haven't had, you know, I'm a sitting duck, right? I, I, I've got 80,000 people that can just like, hit me up whenever they want I answer every DM or at least look at them and and there's a reason that I don't have a single like there's no animosity there's no I mean there's there's regret obviously but there's like the only regret is that like we had that the Niners had that good a team down and just were that close but like expecting to just kind of have the clamps on that offense for four quarters in any one game is just ridiculous. Like, yeah, they're just too good. That is a tall order, my friend. So, I mean, and, and the Texans, what was the thing I tweeted out? The, the, the Chiefs at one point 
combining the last two Texans games, we're on like an 82 to 14 run. <laughs> yep. They, they were down 24 nothing at one point, ended up winning 51 31. So there's 51 to 7. And then yep. they were up 24 to 7, 24 to 7 in this game. There's yep. your 75 to 14. And then they tacked on another one. So just a, uh, a master class from uh, yeah. Andrew, Andrew Reed. Yes, Kansas City Chiefs remain elite at least through the first week of this 2020 season. And, uh, I mean, the in- injuries to their big players are the only thing that's going to slow them down that I can see. But who would have to get hurt? Like, Kelsey would have to get hurt. Yeah, he is a, he is definitely the security blanket um, for Mahomes. Because at least with if Kelsey like if they didn't have Kelsey, then they'd have to find someone else for the middle of the field, and they don't have. I mean, maybe Sammy Watkins is kind of big enough to be an over the middle receiver for them, but I don't. That's like their own. Like Kelsey, I think would be the one injury that they they'd have to avoid. Yeah, Kelsey and Mahomes obviously are the yeah uh, giant pieces. But yeah, as far as the other skill guys, yeah, I mean Watkins and you know Hardman, um, the receivers, they're all very similar. Yeah, it's like they're you know it's like you could swap Hardman for Tyree Kill and lose. Obviously, you'd lose some, right? Like it's not yeah. it's not that they're all equal. It's just that like you could just. I think the only thing that would change the way that team that that offense hums is losing is losing Kelsey. So, um, but I I mean like we're again I think we talked about this during the AFC preview. It's kind of Mahomes' MVP to lose, right? If you're if you're betting the if you're betting one guy against the field, it's Mahomes, right? Exactly right. Yep. Yeah. He is. Uh, I mean, he is a young prodigy right now, and he is <laughs> man. If he wins, I mean, I would not be surprised if he wins, you know, three Super Bowls in the next five to six years. No, no, it, it's, uh, you know, I mean, short of Andy Reid, and, and Andy Reid, like, getting a McRib stuck in his gullet is about the only other thing that would slow down this team, I think. Yeah, yeah, but then you put it in the hands of, uh, what is his name? Bien- Eric Enemy. Yeah. So, but yeah, gullets. McRibs, freak, <laughs> freak injuries. That's the only way they're getting slowed down. Yeah. Are you him like uh, running into a pole and getting CTE because his face mask is too fogged up. <laughs> like that's like you've got to really stretch the stretch the imagination to find a way where the Chiefs don't have a top three offense. Yeah, there's there's a lot of mouth breathing going on behind that mask for Andy Reid. Yes. Um, but yeah, no, he, he's got to feel good about himself and his uh, his team this year. It's like uh, in Forrest Gump, your your mama really really enjoys your schooling. <laughs> oh man! So we're talking about Kansas City Chiefs, the team. Uh, any thoughts on their fans? Um, being anti-unity it's a strong it's a bold take uh you know okay so um so let's do this so they were so there were some boos when the two teams kind of went arm in arm before the game to show a sign of unity 
for yeah they stayed uh, i think one team everybody knows what we're talking about one team stayed inside for the anthem so that there was no demonstration right and and this is the way that they used like pre 9-11 both teams were in the locker room for the national anthem yeah um so it's like this is within your and my lifetime like that the anthem has become a part of the football game like the coin flip um so one team that, i think the texans stayed in the locker room to, what's up sorry <laughs> i said is that a super bowl prop bet this year who's kneeling who's, who's <laughs> right maybe? it could be it yeah. could be for sure it's like <laughs> what just, were you what? just more than 60 percent of the team kneel for the anthem i think that could absolutely be a prop bet yeah <laughs> so uh yeah and then yeah uh and so one team was out there i think the chiefs were out there the texans were in the locker room they came out linked arms as a sign of again unity yes and somehow that somehow that was offensive um so you know that's a take booing unity i guess yeah week one like aren't you just happy to see football like, yeah like what do you see? Yeah, you're you're one of six thousand fans that got to be in the in the stadium, and uh, you're gonna you're gonna start off just kind of grumpy because they don't want black people to get shot by the police as often. Yeah, yeah, so. that one that one was weird. Um, but also there, I think there was like seventeen thousand fans there, right? Jesus, were there that many? Yeah, I think it was. I think it was seventeen thousand. They said and. And it was decently loud. Like you could hear the fans uh, on the game audio. That's gonna be that. Like that. That's gonna be a weird advantage for teams in. Uh, yeah, I don't understand. Trump country versus Biden country. Yeah, some fans can uh, seven like. Yeah, because the Browns and Bengals, I believe, can only have six thousand, like you just said. Um, but I guess it's different state to state. So. Yeah. Which seems like a competitive advantage, but. I don't, you know, as many people can see live football this year, they should be able to. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like if you can eat at a restaurant outdoors, I got to feel like, you know, it's like you can sell X number of tickets and just keep people, you know, distanced. Right. I think it's doable. Yeah. Whether or not they want to like expend the energy to make it happen. It's, it's, you know, in terms of the list of things of problems that we have right now, like helping people like go see football games isn't anywhere near the top, but it's not like it would be completely undoable for them to like, you know, they could fit 10,000 people yeah. comfortably in a hundred thousand seat. Like um, we got, we got your, uh, we got your 49ers practicing in, you know, Blade Runner 2049. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, yeah, there's, there's definitely bigger problems out there. Yeah, um, and those, oh, I'm sure you've seen those pictures, right, of the red sky in San Francisco. Dude, it though somebody uh, somebody tweeted three pictures: one of Venus, one of Mars, and one of San Francisco, and it's like you couldn't tell the difference. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, uh, the world's on fire. <laughs> yes. So, um, <laughs> all right. So we haven't talked about the Texans, those poor bastards. Yeah. So. Uh, Houston Texans. Uh, it was good to see um, David. Is it David Johnson? I just put yeah. Point. yeah, David Johnson. It was good to see him get in the end zone after uh, 
couple years of injuries. He's on a so, new team. He's got something to prove. So he started off the game with a touchdown, and you're like, okay, this might be a game. And then, uh, then reality kicked in. Yeah. And so, what what's your take on David Johnson? Because I I have I have I have feelings. So I'll, you I'll let you go. Yeah. So um, obviously he had a great season. What was that? 2016. Yep. Then big injuries in 2017, didn't really get things on track in 2018 or 2019. So as far as I'm concerned, he was kind of a one-hit wonder. Uh, then he gets traded for Hopkins, and uh, I think uh, I think he's been motivated by all the, uh, wow, what a terrible trade. Um, they only got David Johnson for one of the best receivers in the NFL. So I think he's properly motivated. Um but yeah, health and opportunity. You got David Johnson and Duke Johnson in that backfield in Houston. Um, so those two Johnsons are good when healthy. Johnson and Johnson. Um, yep. So okay, here's here's my here's my David Johnson take. Yeah. He hasn't actually been injured, injured the way that like anybody would think of a running back being injured. Like he had a he he basically broke his wrist and. X number of surgeries, like the screws didn't fit or whatever, but it was like, it was a fucking wrist injury, right? Like this, his wheels are good. Um, he comes back from his wrist injury and he's got, God, what was the name of their coach during they, they had the, they had one coach for one year, a, a defensive coordinator, a former yeah. defensive coordinator. He went, he went to the Browns the next year and now he's gone. Um, <laughs> Uh, I know who you're talking about, but I am drawing a blank too. That is, anyways, that guy um, still managed to almost rush for a thousand yards when Josh fucking Rosen was the quarterback. Yeah. Like, I mean, granted, 3.6 yards a carry, not great. 940 yards, you know, not great. But Steve like, Wilkes is the coach where you can't name. Boom. Um, but like, this was a Steve Wilkes offense that was running David Johnson like between the guards. And, you know, obviously the, you know, the defenses had to respect the downfield passing of Josh Rosen, him of his uh, 5.3 career yards per attempt. Um, so, and then, and then last year, you know, 345 yards rushing, um, you know, a couple touchdowns and then, for whatever reason, fell out of, got into old Cliff Kingsbury's doghouse, an immaculate doghouse, I'm sure, from the draft, but the doghouse yeah. nonetheless. And um, between his contract and everything else, he became expendable. So it's like a fluke injury, terrible team, doghouse with, you know, a crazy contract, and the doghouse with Kings, Kingsbury. And now he's got a fresh start, and he's not old. Like, he's on the good side of 30. Not a ton of – he's only got 800 carries in his – less less than 800 carries in his career. I'm not – I'm you know. I, now, he's a keeper of mine in, in uh, our, our fantasy league. So, yeah. I'm, always, I'm always partial to those guys. But um, I just – I don't get the hate. I mean, I get that he's not DeAndre Hopkins, but I don't get the hate or the, you know, at least the, the I don't get the bullshit that he gets. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, he's he's uh, he's in a situation where he's going to get touches. So if he uh, if he can return to form, then kudos to him. Now he's going to get touches because uh, nobody else can catch. Yeah, so that was probably the most glaring thing about the Houston offense tonight was the wide receivers aren't going to make the plays that Hopkins made. Hopkins had, like, what, one drop in the last two years. Um, I mean, I counted at least four or five tonight by a couple different receivers. Yep. Um, So, again, uh, how does that affect Deshaun Watson and his – his growth, his progression as a quarterback, because that shit is frustrating. I've seen it a lot in Cleveland when you have a quarterback on a team no. that can't get over the hump and all these receivers are dropping balls. I've seen that destroy quarterbacks. I mean, it's I mean, it's not just the receivers in Cleveland doing that, but <laughs> that's a big part of it. You know, I've seen quarterbacks lose confidence in receivers, and uh, that makes them hesitate to throw the ball, and that makes them a worse quarterback. Yeah, when you've got a – you know, it's like now you've got to be super fine with where you put the ball. You know, if I put it here, is he like, can I throw it over the middle of this guy? Is he going to bobble and is it going to get picked off? Like it changed. It's got to like, just sit. Like if, you, if your receivers aren't catching the ball, it's got to sit with you on every throw about like, okay, what there's four routes going out into the, into the field right now. And which one of these are off the table because the guy might not be able to catch it. Like it's just it's uh it's got to be and yeah and and he was Watson was making throws there were a couple throws where you know it's like he's running you know Brandon Cooks is going up the sideline and there's coverage right but Cooks isn't going to go up and get a ball the same way that DeAndre Hopkins could right none of these guys are the boundary yeah. receiver that DeAndre Hopkins is like there's um there's there's like no no, there's nothing reliable there. Like we talked about Kelsey being the the security blanket for for Mahomes. Like there is no there is no security blanket for Deshaun. Yeah, I uh, I'm a big Will Fuller fan, but first throw of the game for Watson was a beautiful touch pass, and uh, Fuller dropped it. It was a drop. Um, they made it seem like the cornerback made a play. That was a drop. Yeah. I saw Kenny Stills drop two or three balls. I think Brandon Cooks might have dropped one as well. So, so yeah, um, it, it it's definitely going to be in the subconscious of a quarterback the more those add up. Um, whether they say, hey, I'm just going to do my job and throw the ball and get it where it's supposed to be. But once you start trying to get it a little bit more in that little smaller, tighter window to make a better throw, just because you think your guys, it's got to be in the exact perfect spot for your guy to catch it. Um, you start, you know, kind of aiming your throws, and yeah, and instead of can get bad. instead of throwing guys open, you're waiting for them to get open. Then you take more hits. Like it's, um, it's. I mean, Deshaun Watson definitely doesn't have a security blanket. I think he'd settle for like one of those like earthquake preparedness silver silver blanket jobs. <laughs> I think he'd like that would be a step up. But um, I see David Johnson getting a ton of oh, fuck, check down passes that he's, you know, gets tackled by three guys about three yards after catching it. But it'll be good for PPR. Yeah, Texan Texan uh, running backs are going to catch a lot of balls this year. Uh, all right, so any final thoughts on the game other than, I mean, it was kind of boring. 
except for just because I think every I, I knew how it was going to end. Um, and that kind of made it a little boring. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, yeah. I don't think the game was ever in doubt. The Chiefs are, uh, are an elite team. Texans are going to be middle to bottom team this year. God, NBC must have been like looking at that like schedule because well no the schedule comes out after the Deshaun uh, the the D Hop trade so like NBC's got to be sitting there going like why the fuck did you give us this game like you couldn't have found like they've got fifteen others you couldn't have found a better Chiefs opponent for first night of the season but exactly. is what it is yeah two young quarterbacks that just got paid a lot of money but uh. One has a lot more talent around them. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, we're we're gonna end up having conversations about, you know, whose career, how badly is Bill O'Brien wasting Deshaun Watson's career? Kind of in the same way, like, you know, Packers fans look at the Aaron Rodgers, you know, the back half of Aaron Rodgers' career. Like, why couldn't you put like? enough around him to to do something um significant so exactly um all right so we started uh a pick'em league so doug and i were gonna just jump in we were gonna go through our picks and then i decided i'm like okay i should probably keep score so that doug and i know where we're at and then keeping score sounded time consuming and so then i said you know what there's there's whole fantasy games based on this exact thing. So I opened it up to the crew. Um, I'm sure there will be a prize in here somewhere. Um, but uh, um, I'm sure there will be a prize for the followers in here somewhere. Um, okay. Doug and I are doing this for for the love of the game. Um, yes, sir. <laughs> um, uh, st- stick to football, Doug. Stick to okay. football. Um, I haven't been able to sit through that movie. I've tried a couple times, and I know I should like it, but I just haven't. I haven't done it. Yeah, you're fine. You can <laughs> skip that one. Okay. All right. Yeah, so um, I wonder if you want something good with Kevin Costner, uh, the new TV show. He's on Yellowstone. Watch that. Okay. There's my, there's my plug. Let's talk okay. football. There we go. There we go. Uh, yeah, Yellowstone producers, if you're listening, uh, just uh, s- slide into the DMs. I'll get you Doug's address, and you can mail him like a director's chair or something. <laughs> um, all right, so... so yeah, pigskin pick them. Um, yeah, so we both... I think we both picked Kansas City with the 10.5 points, right? Yeah, so we're picking against the spread. Um, and we have two full pages of people you know on the one and a half pages six, 60 plus people is what they're saying so um nice. uh and it's open uh we'll open it up you can enter each week so um i'll i'll post this again on on tuesday for everybody to join up but uh you know see how you stack up against you know two people who certainly consider themselves to be experts um all right, so my first game up here is Seahawks and Falcons. You? Uh, yes, same. Um, looks like they had the Seahawks as a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, I am taking those Seahawks in that one-and-a-half point. 
Uh, I am taking the home underdog. I'm taking the Falcons. the Falcons. The mighty fighting Dan Quinn's against his ex-team. Yeah, it's uh, this was a tough one for me because, you know, taking trying to think about this logically, I picked the Seahawks to finish last in the NFC West, but I also hate Dan Quinn and think that he's probably going to be one of the first two or three coaches fired. And, uh, but it's a home game. I don't think the Seahawks got crazy better. I think they got a little better. They still can't rush the passer. And I think that if you can't rush the passer and you're losing the point of attack, I think Julio Jones, Todd Gurley, Calvin Ridley, Matt Ryan, I think they're going to have some fun. And I'm I'm gonna take the point and a half that I'm getting with the Falcons. So I'm now the the Seahawks were picked by 73% of people. So if I win this one, you look really smart. I look yeah. Well, I mean you know again. Um, okay. So Doug picks the Seahawks. Uh, not Joe picks the Falcons. Jets Bills. Bills are uh, giving six and a half to the Jets. Yeah, the Jets are awful, right? So, yeah. The, so the Bills should win by at least ten points. Yeah, I think. Yeah, the yes, yes, it's a home game, um, and we will see what home field advantage means. But like the Bills, if the Bills think they're going to win the AFC East, they have to win this game. They've got to win by two touchdowns. Yep. Yeah, I would say so. Your boy, Josh Allen. Yeah, longtime favorite. Got his jersey hanging up, just waiting for it to, waiting for the right time to get it signed. Yep. <laughs> that's going to be limited yeah. edition. That's going to be a limited edition jersey once he switches to tight end. Um, is this the least exciting game of the week? Jets, Bills? I don't know. The next one is Bears, Lions. Yeah, at least those are good names. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so yeah, so we both took the Bills with the six and a half points, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so so yeah, so next game, Bears-Lions. Um, the Bears are getting a point and a half on the road, it looks like. So, yeah. um, who'd you get here? Lions. Uh, you know what? I took the Bears in this one. Um, I don't know why, just a gut feel. Um Look out for Trubisky. Yeah, I mean, proving all, proving all the haters wrong. This is one of those games that if you didn't have to pick a winner, you probably would just skip because it's like, God, do I pick the Lions or do I pick Trubisky on the road? And it's just like, it's just, there's nothing. You just feel dirty even thinking about the outcome of this game, and not like the not like the good kind of dirty, or like the bad kind of good kind of dirty that like Odell gets into, but like allegedly. But just, just d- allegedly gets into um did you see the girl that said it did you see her face if odell's I mean, hooking up with that chick then he deserves to get shit on the um <laughs> i've got so the girl that cuts my hair her cousin is one of those like her cousin's roommate type of thing inside source uh was hooking up with Odell in Miami. So I got a haircut next week. So yeah, we're going to be talking about that 
in 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 the chair. We're gonna, I'm gonna get to the bottom of this. So I will what'd report you, back. What'd you, what'd you think of his tweet immediately after it came out? No matter what shit's thrown at me. Yep. I mean, it's, it's kind of funny. It's yeah, I'll, you know, it's like you gotta roll roll with the punches. You know, it, it's a. Uh, He's in a bit of a situation. That's all. I'll tell you what. A lot of butt stuff going on these days. <laughs> a lot more butt stuff than, yeah. than yeah, ever it's, before. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, you know, it's a new generation. Yep. All right. Um, um, so I'm taking right. the Lions. 61% of the population took the Lions. You're taking the Bears? This is the my bold prediction. All right. Bears. Next one. Browns Ravens Ravens uh, favored by eight and a half. I'm not betting against the Browns, baby. I did. I couldn't there. do it either. I thought. I thought that was too many points for. Um, I you know I I I could see the Browns keeping it close for sure. So I'm 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 believing in the Brownies. Um, this game really comes down to who can run the ball. Uh, whoever runs it better will win. Uh, I think the Browns can run it better. I think Chubb and Hunt. Chubb destroyed the Ravens last year in Baltimore. So so I feel good about this game better than I probably should as the Ravens are <laughs> a very good team. Um, but I'm not betting against the Browns in week one. There's too much optimism for a Browns fan week one. I can't right. do it. The, this, this is um, the time between Labor Day and the Browns' first game is basically spring in Ohio, isn't it? Exactly. This is but, the you know, best week of the year in in Northeast Ohio. But in all seriousness, I mean, Browns went to Baltimore last year and beat them forty to twenty five. They beat the shit out of them. So, um, I think we could do that again. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm like, you know, I think, I think that at the very least, eight and a half is too many points right now. You know. Um, I'm not going to be surprised. Like, I I like the coach you guys got. I think he's going to – I think he's going to – I think there's enough – there's – God, there's so much talent on that offense that if it's just, like, done correctly, that, you know, like, you'll be able to keep – you'll be able to score to keep up with people. But, yeah, it's like, can you stop – can you stop the Ravens? So Yeah, that's what worries me, especially with an offseason with – no preseason, limited tackling in practice. You got to tackle. You got to tackle Lamar Jackson, J.K. Dobbins, and Mark Ingram first week. That running attack of Baltimore—that's a tall order. Um, so really, it um, really comes down to tackling, I think, in this game for the Browns at least. If we can tackle, I think we can win. All right. Next game: Packers at Vikings. Um, yeah, Packers at Vikings. Uh, with the Vikings are three and a half point favorite at home. Who do you got? I got the Packers. Me too. This is. Um, I mean, the I, I, the best player on Minnesota's defense, Daniel Hunter, the pass rusher, is out for the first three or four games of the season. He's on the IR. Um, I think he's he's their best player on defense, arguably. I mean, they got Harrison Smith at safety, but. Um, yeah, I'm going Packers as well. Again, I'm motivated and uh, maybe angry, aging, bitter old man Aaron Rodgers. The true, the true grit, uh, true, true grit Aaron Rodgers. The 
the unforgiven Aaron Rodgers, the the old gunslinger, proving he still got it. No, I yeah. just this I this was one of the games that I had picked the Vikings, partly because they're at home, partly because they've got the good defense, and then I remembered, oh my god, am I actually going to rely on Kirk Cousins to actually like do something for me? And there's no way, like I'm like imagining putting like a hundred bucks down on this game and being like, yes, sir, here's my hundred dollar bill that you can have if Kirk Cousins doesn't beat Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, fuck that. Yeah, well, it's it's a it's the first game of the year, so it's not a playoff game or a Monday night game, is it? No, it's not Monday night. So, it's so the, those are the games he does well. <laughs> it's a division game against a team that's gonna have a winning record. So, you know, those aren't those aren't Kirk Cousins like. I think he'd only beat seven teams that ended up having a winning record at the end of the season. Maybe it's up to nine now. So, like, I'm good. Yeah, it looks like uh, looks like a lot of people agree with us. 64% are picking the Packers with those points. Um, Colts, like, Colts are going to beat the brakes off the Jaguars, right? We agree. Yeah, yeah, I picked. Uh, yeah, I picked the. Uh, I think I clicked on the wrong thing here. I meant to pick the Colts. It looks like I clicked on the Jaguars. I can save it though. Uh, yeah, I had the Colts. Um, they are getting seven and a half points. I think they can win by two touchdowns. And uh, next game, Raiders Panthers. When we were talking the NFC, did we? Settle on the Panthers is probably the worst team in the NFC, or do you think it's going to be one of the NFC East teams? Um, I yeah, I think I did have the Panthers down at the bottom. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. I mean, I, yeah, I guess there's Washington and um, who's the other cellar dweller? Giants, Washington Giants, Washington. Panthers. Like, I think everybody else is kind of like too talented to to kind of be in the mix yeah the panthers gave a lot of money to teddy bridgewater um a weird a weird amount of money yeah like like you got rid of cam newton who did a lot for your franchise for teddy bridgewater when you could get you know i mean what did cam newton just sign for and a, a million like nothing yeah so so yeah um but they got mccaffrey so is he, I mean, how many, I don't know. You just got to stop him, right? That's the only thing you have to game plan for against the Panthers. I like the, the DJ Samuel guy. I'm, I'm good with him. Um, but like, yo, I, it's, uh, and Robbie Anderson, there's some stuff there. And I like Bridgewater. I, I think, but, you know, they lost Keekly. They lost Cam Newton. I mean, it's like the face of the, I mean, like, They've been around for 25 years, and I'm trying to think of anybody from the Panthers that was like, I mean, you got Steve Smith. Like, who are the faces of that franchise, right? You got like Jake Delhomme, baby. Yeah, like Steve Smith. Julius Peppers. Julius Peppers. uh, Does racist racist Kerry Collins make the list or no? Um, No. Okay. Um uh so yeah julius peppers i wouldn't have thought of julius peppers julius peppers steve smith mccaffrey keekley and and cam newton one of those guys has to go who are you pulling off for a mount rushmore 
Um, McCaffrey's got to stay healthy for the next four years to be on there. But I'm def I would say Peppers and Cam Newton are the top two guys. I think you got to put Keekley on there. And Steve um, Smith is and Steve, Steve Smith. Smith. Will, Steve Smith will find us and fight us if we don't put him on there. So, yeah. So those would be my four. Okay. All right. Uh, McCaffrey definitely has some potential to take someone off though. But yeah. So yeah. So I guess quick question: Teddy Bridgewater does he have the weakest arm in the NFL as like a starting quarterback? Ooh. Um. Does Drew Brees or Tom Brady count? Sure. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater does not have a very good arm. Yeah. I mean, in the under 40 category, I've got to say yes. God, who would have a weaker arm than Teddy Bridgewater? Um, yeah. I'm like trying to like, I'm going through like the, the the Rolodex, right? Um, yeah, I'm looking at all these teams. I don't see anybody that pops out. But the two closest would be the old guys, yeah, I would say. Yeah, no, I think I think I would I would love to see a um you know can you get it over the fifty yard line competition between Brady and Breeze and Bridgewater. Yeah. So yeah, so so you said you took the Raiders with the yeah. One and a half? Okay, yeah, me yeah. too. Um, I think Josh Jacobs is very good. I think he's going to have a big year. He was – I mean, he he was going to be the rookie of the year if not for getting – you know, just disappearing in December last year. So, all yeah, right. I'm, I'm all for Josh Jacobs. And they've all got right. – right. I think the – one of the problems with the Raiders is they've got two rookie wide receivers. You don't see that often. Like a team starting – opening day with two rookie wide receivers yeah the south carolina wide receiver uh was brian edwards yep um he was a guy i was very high on coming out of college so i even heard did he is he ahead of rugs i've heard some things where he they have him over rugs i've i've i mean he has been I, i've picked up i've picked him up in a league or two and the um he's kind of like one of the guys that's like Hey, pick him up. He's kind of a deep sleeper type. So, yep. um, but you know, if he's if he's the number, two, if he even if he's the number two guy, shit. I mean, what's his what's his profile? Is he more possession guy or a speed guy? He's got good size. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he's in that six one six two range and good size. He was a uh, very obviously the go to guy at South Carolina. Right. Um, there's a lot of talent that comes out of that area. There's a guy on uh, your team. Debo Samuels, isn't that where he's from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, well, and, okay. and, I mean, so if you look at that Raiders offense, right, you got rugs for the screen passes and the super deep stuff. Uh, you've got Witten for everything that's like, you know, two to three yards from the line of scrimmage. And then I guess Brian Edwards gets the rest of it because Tyrell Williams is hurt. So, yeah. Yeah, he gone. Um, so yeah, Brian Edwards might you know, it's they a have a uh, Waller Waller at tight end as well. Oh, that's it. Yeah, yeah, the 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 Waller and Witten dynamic duo. W's rolling on dubs. 
Yeah. All right, that's and that's that's enough time on the Raiders Panthers. <laughs> hey, 100%. Uh Dolphins Patriots. Patriots favored by six and a half. Uh I'm taking those Patriots in those points. See, I'm taking I think if I had to bet who would win, I'd say the Patriots, but I'm going to pick the Dolphins because of the points. You think it's going to be a close one? Yeah. In New England? Yeah. First game, angry Belichick with no Tom Brady. I I just like how I mean, this sounds silly considering I'm picking against the greatest coach of all time, but I just really like Flores as as the as the Dolphins coach. Like, I just I think those guys play hard, and I think there's enough there's enough new stuff. I could see some early panic in New England over the first couple of weeks as kind of everybody gets used to each other. Um, and then them picking up steam kind of, you know, October through the end of the year. But uh, I, could see, I could see the Dolphins stealing this or at least like kicking a, you know, getting a garbage time touchdown to bring it within five at the end. A little week one fits magic? Yeah. Okay. All right. Keep an eye on that one. Uh, I did not uh, get scared off of the points with the next game, Eagles versus Washington. You're taking I, Washington? I'm, I'm, I'm taking Philadelphia? Yeah, I'm taking yeah, me too. Me too. Um, I don't I don't think we need – do you need to spend any time on that one? It's like the Washington football team is just going to be a bad football team. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think they're in line for the top three pick this yeah. year. Who would be your top – it's a Colt uh, – not Colts. Jaguars. Jaguars, Panthers, Washington – um and what do we say potentially the giants are the giants that bad you think potentially the giants um okay so who do you think is more likely to get a top five let's just say top five pick chargers or giants Ooh, i would say chargers yeah i would actually lean chargers as well just i think the like i think the division is tougher right like the chargers i think are clearly the worst team in that division yeah, I would say the Jets, Jaguars, Panthers are my picks to be the worst team. Ooh, yeah, forgot the Jets. Can't I can't pick against Adam Gaze, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, so yeah, Eagles. Um, next game, Los Angeles Chargers at Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, the Chargers are a three-and-a-half-point favorite on the road, traveling west to east against the Bungles. Yeah, none of that scares me. Uh, like, I, I don't love that the Chargers – I don't. I think the Bengals are going to be better later in the season than they are early. I'm inclined to take the Chargers here, even even giving the even even having even giving up the points. Yeah, I uh, I decided to go with the Bengals on this one. Um, Chargers traveling across country. No more Philip Rivers. No more uh, the running back that went to Denver. Um, Gordon. Gordon. Yeah, so the Chargers have lost a lot. Um, defense does travel, as they say, but there's just nothing on that offense that is intimidating. I mean, I like Eckler, but he's a little guy. I mean, it's it's the it's the quarterback, right? It's Tyrod Taylor, or it's going to be Tyrod Taylor. But I see, I like their skill position guys. Like you, you, you know, you got Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Hunter Henry, Eckler, like. There's how many, how many games has Hunter Henry played in his what three year career? That's a I, give me an over under. 
but while I'm looking it up, what do you think that? I mean, if I, has he been in here twelve years, or I mean, three years? Is it three or four years? I mean, I don't know. Like 12, 12 games. You think twelve games total? I'd take the over if it was twelve games total. It says yeah. say twenty games. Okay. Did you look it up? I'm looking right now. Yeah, he forty-one uh, games. He's played in forty-one games over four seasons. Oh, okay, four seasons. So it was more seasons than I thought. He's got yeah. He's got one that he missed everything that was two years ago but then uh he started 35 um but has never man that's a lot of hype for a guy that's never even had 700 yards receiving yeah yeah i just feel like that guy is always hurt um i think he's talented obviously banged up i think the i think they call it banged up doug and uh he's just he's just always banged up yeah. He's always like he's he's always got that questionable next to his name in fantasy. Like it's like clockwork. Yeah, and if I'm being honest, I think uh this is a guy that picked Arkansas over Notre Dame to go to college. So there's I got a lot of questions about this guy. Oh, okay. So he's an idiot too. He's always banged <laughs> up and he's <laughs> and he's an idiot. Yeah. Um but yeah, he this, is talented, no doubt. For, for the, let me just—I'll just pull the listeners aside here for a second. This will not be the first time that Doug is able to reference a professional football player that has snubbed Notre Dame, and the grudge—the grudge is still strong. So, oh, yep, that sticks with me. I take it everywhere. <laughs> All right. Uh, All the, right. So the Charger. So I'm picking. I'm picking the Bengals uh, with the three and a half points. You're picking the Chargers. Yep. Okay, cool. Game of the week. Next, yeah, next game, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at New Orleans Saints. Three-and-a-half-point favorite for the home team Saints. Who you got? Saints. Same. Um, I think Tampa Bay, kind of like what you were saying about the Bengals, I think they're a team that's going to have to get comfortable um, before they start playing their best football. If Tampa Bay comes out of the gate and is just killing it, then they could like, be a potential – Super Bowl pick. Yeah. Like if they start uh-huh. the season if they start the season four and oh, like just pack it up, folks. Like uh-huh. you know, if 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 they're off to if they get off to a quick start, I think uh I think they've got a one or a two seed, no problem. Yeah, the talent that Brady has around him, has he ever had him everybody together at once like this? I mean, I know he's had Randy Moss at one time, he's had Gronkowski at one time. But he's never had a Mike Edwins, Godwin, OJ Howard, Gronkowski all at once. So it, I don't know what to say, but he is forty, whatever. Yeah, I and mean, he's the the greatest quarterback of all time, six time Super Bowl winner, is kind of the only question mark. I'd say it's him and Arians are the two question marks. Like, can the guy that doesn't throw the ball downfield much anymore? coexist with the coach that only likes to throw the ball downfield um i think that's the only question mark now i get that they both want to make it work and that brady's got more pull you know kind of in the in the qb room right in on the game plan than any quarterback that arians has ever had even though he's had andrew luck and carson palmer and um you know so it's like i get that brady's gonna have uh, outsized influence compared to Arian's other quarterbacks, but Arian still likes to sling the ball. So, like, if Brady can't sling the ball like that, 
you know, that's, that's the, that's where the season gets a little sideways, I think for the, for the bucks. Yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah, as of now I'm taking saints with the points. Yep. Uh, even given the points I'm taking them. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm, I'm 54% of people pick the Cardinals on the road against the number one seed in the NFC from last year. How does that make you feel? You know, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? J- okay, Jimmy Garoppolo is 3-0 all time against the Cardinals. He's thrown like 10 touchdowns, one interception against the Cardinals. The Cardinals, I, I don't think Isaiah Simmons in his first game in the NFL is going to be the guy that comes in and puts the clamps on the best rece- best tight end in football. Uh, I, I'm, I'm only worried about Kyler Murray not being tackleable because nothing else really scares me. I get that DeAndre Hopkins is good, but like this is DeAndre Hopkins is not fucking Randy Moss. Like he's not going to take over the game by himself against the a top five defense in the league. So, I mean, like I'm. I may be going into this first game a little too confident. Like, give me a break. Like, yeah. I don't I, – I just don't – I don't get so, it. So, you're taking your Niners and their points, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah me too. Um, but, yeah, um, Cardinals, I mean, it, I don't know. This game could be a close game. Uh, my gut is telling me the Niners are going to win big. Um, but – I mean, Hopkins is open when he's not open. That guy catches everything. Like, so I, I think the, the thing for me, right, with the Niners this year is, okay, they snuck up on some people at the beginning of last season, right? Uh-huh. Got to the 8-0 start. Then they, like, they lose to the Seahawks. But then they, then they, they more than hold their own kind of against, like, a really crazy stretch where it was, like, you know, saints and ravens back to back on the road they split those right like they and then they make they make the super bowl um the but the over like i can't turn around without somebody picking the seahawks to win the division yeah and god can what like what happens if a team this talented actually successfully plays the nobody believes in this card like yeah i think some people uh there's uh there's a stat out there for the team that loses in the super bowl the next year not being very good i think that might be in some people's minds but there's too much talent on the niners i think they'll be right back in the playoffs at least at the very least in the nfc championship game if not in the super bowl so only only eight teams have ever made it. Only eight teams that have ever made it back have ever lost the Super Bowl, made it back the next year, and only three of them won it. Okay. So if the Niners do it, they would be the fourth team in nine tries. See what I did there? Four or nine? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I just wrote it down and saw it on paper. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, okay, okay, he said eight, then he said three, um, but because it's a fraction, the three goes before the eight. Okay, I'm following, I'm following. God, what's he going to say next? Um, yeah, 
So I'm riding with numerology. It's basically, that's my thing right now. I'm like, I'm putting this entire season on fucking numerology, Doug. It's, it's science. <laughs> um, all right. So Niners over the Cardinals. Uh, I am high on the, I am higher on the Rams than you are, but I think we're both equally high on the Cowboys. Yes. Yeah, so Cowboys at Rams. Rams are getting two and a half points. I'm taking the Cowboys for sure. Yeah, same. Um, I expect the Cowboys to put up some points. Um, Aaron Donald will do his thing. He'll get a couple sacks. He'll make a couple plays behind the line of scrimmage, but it won't be enough. Cowboys by a touchdown. And then the weirdest week of the year is always the double Monday night opening week. Yeah. Like the two games on Monday night is always just so screwy. Two Monday mostly night because games we end up time. with mostly because we end up with some jack wagon that does not belong in the booth for the second Monday night game. And I have no idea who it is this year. But it used to be Berman and it was fucking terrible. And I think they're having the college guys do the second game. Okay. Herb Street and Fowler or something like that. Uh, well, I'm okay, with that. I'm okay yeah. with that. That would be fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, don't, I mean, don't quote me, but I think I thought that's what I read, but the new Monday night crew this year is, uh, Brian Greasy and Lewis Reddick and someone else, um, which I love Lewis Reddick. He's the only person worth listening to on ESPN. Um, He's the guy that he's the guy that's been like interviewing for GM jobs, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, the Niners interviewed him back before they hired Lynch. So. Yeah, he's hands down my favorite ESPN football commentator. The rest of them are pretty trash. Um. But yeah, so two Monday night games. First one up: Pittsburgh Steelers, New York Giants at New York Giants. The Giants are receiving three and a half points. Uh, fruitless. I think they get smashed. Yes. Yeah. I think. Um, I think Big Ben is uh, gonna take them into the bathroom and never mind. Um, <laughs> no, I think I think Steelers by uh, Steelers by like fourteen or something like that. I don't understand yeah. why. Three, I don't like three. I, this the only reason that three and a half should be in this conversation about the Giants is because like that Steelers defense might hold. That might be the over under for the points that the Giants score yeah yeah um I think yeah I think uh the running back will get a bunch of yards Barkley but I definitely see the young quarterback Daniel Jones turning the ball over to that great Pittsburgh defense once or twice yeah uh and then Titans Broncos and potentially no Cortland Sutton oh really I got him on my team so he sprained an AC joint so Got to keep an eye on that. I um, I, injury questionable guys on Monday night games are the worst. Yeah, so I've already pulled him from. I've already pulled him from pretty much all my lineups. Just because I don't, I just don't want to deal with the Monday night questionable thing. So right. Yeah, but the Titans are traveling to Denver, and Denver is a two and a half point favorite. Um, I feel like the Broncos always have an advantage at home. Mile high city, thin air. Some of the dumbest fans in football. <laughs> the Broncos? Uh, yes. Uh, John Elway, scumbag. Remember him? <laughs> uh, not that he ever did anything to Cleveland. That would make me not like him. 
Um, but yeah, no, <laughs> I'm gonna take. I'm actually gonna take the Broncos. I think the Titans are actually a better team, but something about the Broncos at home. I'm gonna take them and uh, by three points in a close game. I'm taking the Titans. Yeah, you and everybody else, seventy-four percent. So I'm picking against the going against the grain here, but. But yeah, so this Thursday night game, these two Monday night games, um, not great matchups. Would you um, agree? Certainly. Well, it's like. Would, wouldn't you rather see the Bucks and Saints? Um, wouldn't you rather see the Packers and Vikings, the Browns and Ravens even, I think, is a better matchup than some of these primetime games? I'm just glad. It's because normally it's the Niners that get that stupid late Monday game. And. They usually yeah. save the late Monday game for a West Coast team that's not good. Yep. And here we have the Broncos, who are as close to a West Coast team as you're going to get. That's, I mean, like, let's see. The Raiders aren't going to be great, but you can't put Raiders-Panthers in there. They're opening a new – them opening a new stadium, that might have been a cool, like, Monday night thing. And yeah, they made, the, they made the Cowboys-Rams the Sunday night game, so – there's your West Coast team. Yeah. Oh, there's, yeah there's, there's, there's one of the West Coast teams for sure. So, well, Doug, week one's in the bag. Any final thoughts? Um, Thank God football's back. Um, I think it's uh, one more step towards normalcy, hopefully. Um, but I'm excited about this season. Uh, there's, there's good things ahead for my Brownies, I think, for your 49ers. And uh, I hope both of our teams are good this year. Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be, uh, you know, we, we ride this podcast all the way to the Super Bowl. Right. Law of averages. The Browns got to be good eventually. Right. Shit. I mean, if the Cubs can win a World Series and the Red Sox, Red Sox can win a few, uh, you know, Lions and the Lions and Brownies, uh, you know, they, they, they got to be able to pull it off at some point. Exactly. All right, man. Good talking with you. Always. I will talk to you uh, after the game Sunday night, right? Yes, sir. All right, brother. All right. Thanks, man. Yeah. If you've made it this far, I appreciate it. I hope you liked what I had to say. If you didn't like it, I hope you come back next week and hear more of the stupid shit that comes out of my mouth. Thanks for listening. Go ahead, like, subscribe, review, whatever you got to do. Help me get that podcast clout. Thanks, guys. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. 
Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com. 